Welcome to the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon. We hope you enjoy today's message. Let us, young and old, join together, as did the First Continental Congress, in the first step in humble, heartfelt prayer. Let us do so for the love of God and His great goodness in search of His guidance and the grace of repentance. Almighty Father, if it is Your holy will that we shall obtain a place and name among the nations of the earth, grant that we may be enabled to show our gratitude for Your goodness by our endeavors to fear and obey You. Save us from violence, discord, and confusion, from pride and arrogance, and from every evil way. Defend our liberties, and fashion into one united people the multitude brought hither out of many kindreds and tongues. Endow with your spirit of wisdom those whom in your name we entrust the authority of government, that there may be justice and peace at home, and that through obedience to your law we may show forth your praise among the nations of the earth. In time of prosperity, fill our hearts with thankfulness, and in the day of trouble, suffer not our trust in you to fail. With malice toward none, with charity for all, with firmness in the right as you give us to see the right, let us finish the work we are in, to bind up the nation's wounds, to care for him who shall have borne the battle, and for his widow, and for his orphans. Continue to guide and sustain us in the great unfinished tasks of achieving peace, justice, and understanding among all men and nations, and of ending misery and suffering wherever they exist. For we are given power not to advance our own purposes, nor to make a great show in the world, nor a name. There is but one just use of power, and it is to serve people. Help us to remember it, Lord. God, be with us as you were with our fathers. May you not leave us or forsake us, so that we may incline our hearts to you to walk in all your ways, that all peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God. There is no other. Amen. This morning, Ladies, this is about the men, okay? So what I want you guys to promise me is when you get home, you're not going to be pointing fingers at your dudes, all right? You can't be telling them, did you not listen this morning to the message? You can't say that, okay? Um, And it's kind of unfair because I am going to be 43 years old next month, and nobody's ever told me secrets of a woman, but I'm about to give you some of the secrets of a man, because I believe that we need to understand that together. Um, Because men, a lot of us, will not admit what we're going to talk about. Everybody okay with this? Amen? All right. That was a man that said that. That was a man. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you so much for our independence. We thank you for what this country was founded on and what it stands on. We thank you for the warriors that stood up 
and had a voice and an impact. And we ask this morning, Father, that you would guide this, that you would open our hearts, our ears, our spirit. And Father, when we leave this place, that there are going to be warriors in every man, body, and spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So just as the soldiers and these four founding fathers of our, our country protected our freedom and our country, we men are to do the same every single day. We are the soldiers of God. I'm speaking to you men. You are the soldiers of God to your family, your wives, your kids, your community, and your church for God. You can go to the next slide. 1 Corinthians 11.3. But I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. This is not to go into the submission thing, okay? That's not what I'm going to talk about. What I want you to get from this at this point in time is that, man, you are held accountable to God for your household. The head of the woman is the man. You are the one held accountable for your household and your children, for the direction that they're being led, for the things that they see, for the things that come into their home. You are the one held accountable for that. Men are, these are, I'm going to give you guys some statistics. Men are falling away faster than ever in history. Ever. Statistics. Go ahead and go to slide four. U.S. church congregation statistics. 61% of the U.S. churches are females. 39% are male. 25% of married women worship alone every week without their husbands. Midweek activities made up of 70 to 80% of women, not men. 70 to 80% of boys are raised in church and will abandon it by their 20s. Average man accepts Jesus but fails to see any value in going to church. And less than 10% of U.S. churches are able to maintain a men's ministry. God said we are held accountable for our household. If we want to take it, like men, go ahead and stand up for me real quick. Every man, stand up. Ah, come on, you do this. You're going to stand up when you walk out of here ready to fight. You can stand up right now. So if we look at us men standing, look at how many more women there are. Look at how many more women there are. There's something wrong with this. Not that the women aren't important. Don't get me wrong. I told you, I'm talking to the men right now. Okay. All right, you guys have a seat. Thanks. Thanks. Where are the warriors of God? Where are the men? One of the things that come out is like, why, why is it that um, men are not so willing to take on these, these roles? Why are they not willing to step up anymore? Why are they not willing to take ownership? of what God has asked them to do. I'll try to remember those slides, man. I'm sorry. We're good, though. <laughs> okay. um, is it the TV shows? If you watch TV, the man of the household, the husband or the dad, what do they make him look like? They make him look like an idiot all the time, right? So they show that stuff. Always trying to, he's always trying to get away with something. 
He's never being honest to his family. He's always trying to sneak around. Or the common phrases that I hear all the time, happy wife, happy life, right? Doesn't matter as long as she's happy. She lets me be the leader as long as I do what she wants me to do. You guys know this, right? Just like have we just, as men, just accepted the status quo of what is happening around us and what we see and just push that innate, that internal passion to fight inside of us. You guys know what I'm talking about. Men have this internal desire to fight something. They like it. They want to fight it. I went to a um, cage fight one time. I, just got to, I went to a cage fight. John and I went. Where's John? John and I went to a cage fight out of the casino. And they turned all the lights off, and they start playing that song, Let the Bodies Hit the Floor, right? I don't know if y'all heard that song. It's like, you're just getting all, like, just crazy, and then you're just, like, everybody wants to jump in the cage and start fighting them. Like, everybody. There's so, and there's something that's there. But that's not a bad thing. That's something that God has put in you, man, for a purpose, for a purpose, or is it only because 39% of guys are going to church so they don't see the need? They don't see the purpose of it. Let me go to slide five. So we'll put this whole message into three sentences. Three sentences. When we are not fighting, we are submitting. Either way, it doesn't matter. You're either fighting God or you're fighting Satan. You're either submitting to God or you're submitting to Satan. You can't do both. You can fight God. I mean, you can submit to God and fight Satan. Or you can fight God and to submit to Satan. That's the only options that you have. Or as a soldier, you're in battle, you're in the war, you submit to Afghanistan, or you submit to Germany, or you submit to Japan, or you submit to Vietnam, or you fight. You're not going to let them just grab you and take you. You're going to fight. And you're not going to let them just grab your family and take your family. You're going to fight. Slide six. Matthew 20, 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. What is the common thing that brings two people together, no matter how far apart they are? How far strangers they are. The one thing that will always bring them together is a common enemy. Common enemy. Common complaint. How much you guys, like you're sitting somewhere, or you're at an airport, or you're on an airplane, and then you sit down, and this person's like, oh, isn't the weather, weather just horrible? Like, I never, and then you start off with a talk. That started a conversation. Complaining, or a common enemy, always will bring people together. Men are competitors in everything they do, 
everything. You know it. I'm not going to go. My brother-in-law and I, oh, my gosh. Man, when we played golf together, it was always going back and forth, going back and forth, going back and forth. And he was hilarious because he would always celebrate before he made the putt, and I knew he was going to miss it every single time. And it always came down. It didn't matter if I had the worst game in the world. It was always one stroke difference every single time. Or if I won, it was, he was just one point behind me or vice versa, whatever. But it was hilarious because we're always competitive, always. And men are always going to be like that. They fantasize about conquering, conquering, ruling, building, protecting. They fantasize about greatness. It's kind of like, why do, why do uh, people always wear the, um, the jerseys of a quarterback? but never wear the jersey of like a long snapper, right? Why do you always wear the jersey of the one who is standing out? Because there's greatness in that. There's, there's, there's power in that. It's how God made us. Through our men's group, uh, and this is why I'm talking about this this, this morning, I... Uh, for the last six months have been God just like throwing me into this whole thing of being a man of God and a warrior of God. And the men's group started about two and a half months ago, I guess two and a half months ago. And um, we're going through this book called Fight. <clears throat> and it is, it's fight, a man being a warrior for God, for himself, for the environment, and for his family. And we're talking about Samson. And some of the things that I skipped over when I was reading about Samson. Did you know it never says anywhere in the Bible about Samson's physical size? Did you know that? It never says he was like Goliath. It never says that he was like six foot four. You just look at yourself. You're a size of Samson. We don't know. The thing that it always talks about with Samson and with what he did with every one of those successes was it says, the power came upon him. The power of God came upon him. And that is when it happened. And all of these times throughout his walk, he kept falling and things kept happening to him. He let his, his hair get cut. He lost his eyes. All of these things that happened to him was because he kept tempting Satan, kept playing with him, and stopped looking at God and that's when those things happened to him. But God still came upon him. His hair still grew back. He still had that power that God had put in him. Just as every other man in this place has it. The exact same thing. Exodus 15.3 says, the Lord is a warrior. The Lord is a warrior. Craig Groshaw from this book that we're reading, Fight, says, God created men to have the heart of a warrior placing a desire within us to stand up and fight for what's pure, for what's true. A man has a warrior's heart. You have a warrior's heart. You itch for a fight. I'm not talking physical fight. You itch for a fight. That's God's design, not ours. Retired U.S. Army Lieutenant General William Boykin says, a warrior's heart says this, this is what I love. This is what I hold dear. This is my family. This is my country. This is my faith. And this is what threatens it. You will not hurt what I hold dear. 
You will not hurt what I love without coming through me. Through this warrior. And everybody knows. Angel's getting ready to go into fight. The first thing you know when they're going into fight, they drop to their knees. Drop to their knees. Slide seven. But the problem with this is that we have this warrior thing in us. And we're driving and we're driving and we're driving. But a lot of times we say, I could do it on my own. I can do this on my own. I don't need God to do this. So when we do that, we become our own king. We become our own God now. And now we're in competition with the creator. So now, if we can only fight one and submit with the other, now we're fighting God and submitting to Satan. And it's kind of funny when people think about this, when a man's like, I can do this on my own, I can overcome this by myself. Satan's stupid, whatever. Satan is a very smart being. Satan has been doing this for over 2,000 years. And I don't understand why any man thinks that they are the one person that's going to take Satan down by themselves. We've got that fight in us. Do we not understand or respect our enemy? Which is Satan. Men don't plan to destroy themselves. The problem is that we have an enemy who does. His mission statement is to steal, kill, and destroy everything that matters to God. Warriors, if you have a battle plan, you're going to fall victim. If you do not have a battle plan, you're going to fall victim to your enemy's battle plan. That was from the book that we're going through. You can go to slide eight. Matthew 13, 7. This is through the, uh, the seeds. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked out the plants. Matthew 13, 22, the seed falling among the thorn refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. I have heard the word. I have heard what God has for this warrior of God. I have heard it, but it is choked in me because I keep trying to do the things on my own. I keep trying to do my independent way, my way, instead of the way that God has called me to do it. And so this is what I look like on the inside. Why are things not happening? Why are things not getting better? It's like, what do you struggle with? I had this guy that came into my office that he's like, I don't care about anything. All I care about is I want to be effing huge. That's so what he said to me. I'm like, what you're doing causes testicular cancer, heart attacks, strokes, prostate cancer. I don't care. Huge. Buying stuff for happiness. If this, just this one person would only do, if I could just get to something, if my wife would just, Every one of you just thought of something? I know you did. If I just would have never done whatever, or, but I deserve it. 
I deserve it. It should be mine because I deserve it. Chris, you going to play it? Can you flip that the last three lights on the bottom? <laughs> Seriously? The Jean touched it, didn't she? Jean touched it. I even got a different person up there this time, you guys. And it still happened. That's all right. We'll skip it. No. What's that? Stretch it. Um, this video, and I'm gonna go. But you guys know this, right? I mean, we do. We struggle with these, these things in us that, because I want to conquer something, I want to be able to accomplish something, so I start to focus on what I'm trying to accomplish or the thing that I want instead of focusing on what God is having me do right at this time. I hear people say, I want to be this supervisor. I want me just I want a boat. Like I want a boat. I want a camper. I want to go camping all the time. That's what I want. And the first thing my wife says is, give me the cash. I don't have the cash. You got credit cards, though, so, you know. Right? It's because of what I see. It's what I focused at those times. Go ahead. Hey God, you want me to talk to you? What should I do? Give me a signal. I need your guidance, Lord. Please send me a sign. Oh, what's this Joker doing now? Okay. All right. I'll try it your way. All right, Lord. I need a miracle. I'm desperate. I need your help, Lord. Please, reach into my life. Uh, what the that desire to fight. Can't see. Can't see the things in front of them because it's so focused on something else. You can turn those on. The life light on. Thank you, sir. Does anyone know this guy that we're talking about? Like, always angry at God. And so, always angry at God, so I'm going to do it on my own. 
because they still have that fight. They still have that fight inside of them to keep fighting. Even when it feels like a losing battle, they're still going to keep fighting because that's what men do. <laughs> that's what men do. And the issue is, is that we have been given, you men, you warrior of God, have been given a purpose on this earth. Now, we all have different, different paths within this purpose that we have. But we have a purpose. Purpose, slide 10. Genesis, or the next slide, sorry. Genesis 128. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. That means you have a purpose whether you want it or not as a man of God, as a warrior of God, to provide, to cultivate, and to protect. To provide, to cultivate, and to protect. To guard the garden from anything trying to get in it or destroy it. What's your garden? What's our garden, men? Everything around us. My home, my wife, my kids, my church, my community. That's my purpose as a warrior of God. And God put that drive in me for that to happen. Just as he put it in every single man in this room for that to happen. Fighting as a warrior of God. However, some of us want to fight our own way, of course. We keep asking for things, or things just keep happening to us. It's like, oh, here goes another thing, and then another thing, and then another thing. And right when something good happens, another thing. It's like um, if we're in competition with God, right? Because God is trying to show us, direct us. We're in competition with God. And what do you do to a horse? When you're breaking a horse, you're trying to train the horse, trying to ride the horse, and the horse keeps trying to buck you off. And what do you say? I'll see you tomorrow, little buddy. I'll be back tomorrow. And you keep coming back until what happens? The will of that horse is broken, not, not the strength of the horse not the speed of the horse, not any of that. What's broken is the purpose of that horse, the focus of that horse. That's what's broken. And God says to you, man, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll be back tomorrow. And you keep trying to buck him off. And he just keeps coming back the next day. And you're like, why do these things keep happening? Because we keep trying to bug him. They put Adam in the garden. Right? Why did he tell Adam he couldn't eat of the tree? To know the difference between good and evil, right? 
But if you put that tree there and said, you can't do that, he gave Adam reign over everything else on God, I mean on earth, everything. So what prevents Adam from becoming God? What prevents Adam from thinking he's God? Well, that's right. There's that tree right there that my creator told me I can't eat of. Here's a reminder right here. You're not the creator. God is the creator. And God puts us warriors, you men of God, he puts you in charge of things that he expects you to do and that he wants us to own, that he wants us to, to tend to, to feed, to protect, to cultivate, relying on him as our creator and not forgetting he is the one who is guiding us as that warrior of God. Go to the next slide. I heard a man say they don't need to go to church. Um, they don't get anything out of church. I don't feel anything when I go to church. You guys all know this. I mean, a lot of times we'll leave. It's like, how was the message? It was good. I mean, I felt more last time. I felt something a couple weeks ago. I didn't quite feel as much this time. Ephesians 1, 22, 23. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. The church is that important to God. The church is that important to God. And we, as warriors, as men of God, I don't need church. How can something be so important to God and so unimportant to us? Because I know when somebody's on their deathbed and I'm screaming out, crying out to God to heal them, that's really important to me at that time. Yet some of us feel like the body of Christ, the church, is not very important. And that's part of our calling as a warrior of God. Cultivate, protect, provide around us, in our homes, in our communities, in our churches. Sometimes when we feel, I don't feel it when I go, or I don't feel something, or I'm not getting anything out of it. Sometimes the only reason you don't feel something is because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing as a warrior of God. Everybody who was here last Sunday, if you know Randy, you know Randy's heart. I don't think there's a single person, I mean, maybe there's one or two in our whole community that don't know Randy's heart. Randy wants to lead people to Christ. He'll talk to you about it, and he will weep thinking about somebody going to hell. He's a warrior of God. He is a warrior of God doing what his calling is to do, along with the providing, along with his cultivating, along with his protecting. And you can look at Randy and I both, and neither one of us are six foot four, 350-pound men. But if somebody needs prayer, you're going to call Randy. He's going to be on that prayer request chain. And you know when Randy, when I was in the hospital and I had my appendix removed a couple weeks ago, Randy sent me a, sent me a message. Hey, how are you doing? I was like, that's awesome. Like, I, don't, I don't get many of those. Most of the time when people send me messages, it's like, hey, something's going on with me. Can you help me out? You know, like I'm sick or I broke a toe or whatever it is. And I was floored that they got me. That really got me. 
And he reached out to me like that. He's a warrior of God. But we are the only answer sometimes. And we allow the desire and the passion and the, the thing that God is giving to us, we allow it to be taken from us because we try to do it on ourselves and try to do it by ourselves, excuse me, instead of being the warrior, listening to our Creator to show us what to do. 2 Timothy 4 3. For this time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations, endure hardships, do the work of the evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. Man, we do not want that happening in our church. You start changing the doctrine, you start changing the word of God to tickle more people, to tickle their ears. That doesn't create warriors of God. That just makes people feel good. And as our country was founded by these men of God and their quotes and their, their, their drive, what gave them the drive to lead us to where we are, we need to have that. Because I tell you what, if somebody comes into my house and tries to tell my wife, it's okay to let another man sleep in our bed, I'm not going to let it happen. Why would I allow that to change? I want my children and my wife listening to God. I want them feeling protected. I want them knowing that I'm going to go to God first before I ever bring something to change. I will always seek my wife's counsel first after God. I will always go to my wife to ask her opinion, to see what she thinks. Because my wife and I are made completely different. Sometimes people believe there's a role reversal here. Like, I'm the super compassionate one, you know? I don't know, like, she, like I'm the, the, she's the one who drives everything, and, if you know my wife, you know what I'm talking about. But she has stuff in her that I don't have. And God, man and woman together as one, because now we're made more, right? There's more in us than there was when I was by myself. And so despite the man being the head of the woman, it doesn't mean there's no partnership involved in here. And she needs to know that I'm always going to go to God first. I'm going to listen to this warrior instinct with inside of me, and I'm not going to try to pacify it as a warrior of God speaking. This is what we have to do as men. Because when you look at, there's so many numbers of statistics out there right now that over the last uh, 30, 40 years, and again, this is not coming to win. Please don't say this. But the women's lib pushing thing, right, where now you have seen a complete change. Now, most colleges, over 60, 65% of colleges now are made up of women, not men. Not that college is the only answer, but now they're made up of women. Men, the, the boys in schools, scores are lower than the girls' scores now. The men are taking much more passive roles than they ever took in the past. And that's not what the Bible says you are to do as a man of God and as a warrior of God. Matthew 20, 28, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. 
Words of God serve. They serve their wives. They serve their children. They serve their church. Can go to the next one, please. Ezekiel 22.30. So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it. But I found no one, no man. Therefore, I have poured out my indignation on them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. I searched out for the one warrior that would stand in the gap. None. Go to the next one. We as men of God must establish godly relationships with godly men. We cannot do it on our own. I cannot keep failing and failing and pick myself up. We are to fight as warriors together, as men of God together, picking each other up, helping each other. When the storms come, you warrior, you go to the storm. Firefighters don't run away from the burning building. They run to it. Police officers don't run away from shooting fire. They go to it. Warriors of men don't run away from the storm that's coming after their family or their household. They run to it. Somebody comes to my house. They've got a gun, and they're trying to break in the door. A physical being. Man, any one of you are going to charge that person. Any one of you. If you don't carry, you're gonna, if you do carry, you're going to pull out whatever you've got. If you have a lamp, you'll grab your lamp, whatever it may be. You will not run away and let this person get in your house to your kids or your wife. Yet, we allow those things, men, we allow those things that we can't see physically to get in between me and my wife, me and my kids, me and my church. I allow that desire for that boat that I want to have, that I'll put on a credit card to just send my wife and I through a tornado about money. And if you know my wife, it's always a tornado with money. All right? We, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry, please forgive me. It really is, though. Please forgive me. Um, work. I'm striving so hard to get to be to the top, to get to the top. And I just, somebody keeps knocking me down. I'm going to go. God, what is it? Where, where is it, God? Where is it? Where am I supposed to go? As a warrior of God, we charge. We go to the battle. Porn, like you can't see it. Like what is doing between a couple. But porn is totally separating a man and a woman completely makes a woman become something or expectations of something that are not real but yet we would allow something like that or a money thing or something we would allow that but we won't allow that man trying to break into my front door as a warrior of God protect Provide, cultivate the environments around me, my home, my wife, my kids, my business, my church. That's what my calling and purpose is, as well as every man in here.
Next one. Please. We are not created as a warrior of God to just procreate and work. We're supposed to change the environment around us. We're supposed to be a team, part of a team of other warriors battling together against the opposition. Submitting to God and fighting Satan every single day together. To conquer, to protect, to serve, and to mentor. How are these young boys, these young men, going to come up if they don't see a warrior of God every day training them on what it is to be a warrior of God? When they see that warrior of God let go of a selfish thing in order to help something, someone else. Letting go of a selfish desire for the greater good. How are they going to come up and understand that? How are they going to know that? Unless they see that warrior of God doing that. We're going to talk about how to fight as a warrior coming up in the future. We're going to talk about how to fight as a warrior. Because you're talking about warrior, man. I was like, you just start to blah, you just start to blow up and do guys know what I'm talking about. And it was kind of weird yesterday when I was putting, um, typing everything out on this, I had this Independence Day and the 4th of July music playing in the background and it was horrible because you're just like, yeah, and you're, just, rah, and you're just going because that's what this place is built on. That's what, that's what we're about. And yet we don't see that. We don't see it and we don't see it in our church. We don't see that warrior mentality. And a lot of times, I don't even have that warrior mentality. You come home from work at the end of the day, just everybody, just let me go lay down. Just let me sit on the couch. Just leave me alone. What does that tell my kids? What does that tell my wife? What is that fighting for? What is that cultivating within my family? What does that show in this little boy what that means as a warrior of God. Warrior of God goes out and fights all day somewhere else, then comes home and tells his family to leave him alone? That's not a warrior of God. This is my most important time to teach, my most important time now to be that example. It starts in my house first. It starts in the house. So close with this. We have to stop allowing just the physical threat from bringing out that fight in us. That fight, men, needs to stay in you every day, everywhere you go. Just as if you're a soldier in battle, you don't go into battle and close your eyes. You don't go into battle and put your weapon down before you actually leave. You don't go into battle and not have some kind of communication with the people around you that's going to bring you that support. You don't go into battle with constantly learning what's going to make you that much more of a warrior every single day. You go into battle ready to fight. We should wake up in the morning every day 
ready for that fight on whatever Satan is going to try to destroy around us. And we as a warrior of God allow that fight to come out. And we own it because we know that the Creator is the one who is fighting it for us. We're just a willing vessel that's being used at that time. And I've got a brotherhood full of other warriors that I could get a hold of at any time to come pray this morning. This morning, we had one. We, uh, there's, through our men's group, we're up on this app. It's called Slack. And we had a guy put out, hey, guys, this is at 9 this morning. Hey, guys, I'm really in need of prayer right now. People just start responding to him. Hey, guy, help me out. One guy sent one out the other night. It was like 8 or 9 o'clock at night. Guys, I really need prayer. One other guy said, where do you want to meet? Name the place, I'll be right there. Let me tell my wife and kids hello. Let me give them a kiss, and I'll meet you there. That's a warrior. Those are warriors. Warriors supporting each other to change the environment around them. Joshua 24, 15, but as for me and my household, I will serve the Lord. I will serve the Lord. Men, allow it to happen. Allow it. And watch the things change around you. Women, they have this fight. So if you see them start fighting for the wrong thing, don't kick them. Just like rub their back a little bit. Be like, honey, maybe that's not the enemy. Maybe, you know, the enemy's over there. Because then they might turn the fight to you, right? Because they, were, they want to fight. That's in them. They want to fight. So help that warrior of yours, ladies, help that warrior of yours to come out and to live and to fight. It's that for men of God. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for this time together. We thank you so much, Father, for how you've made each and every one of us. We thank you for just the, the desires, the passions, the support, the body of God, the church, the ability, Father, to be able to reach out when we feel like we're getting beat up, and the ability to stand up and fight even when we feel so puny. I ask, Father, that you bring out those warriors, that you bring out those warriors to provide, to cultivate, to protect, to serve, to mentor. And I pray that you bring them such an understanding of how much of a warrior they are that they will not turn away from any more storms or any fights, but that they drop to their knees and fight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today here at the Living Waters Church in Globe, Arizona. We hope you enjoyed the message. May you have a great week, and may everything you do be blessed by God.